Hi, my name is Rolf von Masberger from CNL Team, and you're listening to... What are we listening to again? <laughs> the Sega Lounge. The Sega Lounge, of course. <laughs> you want me I'm going to keep that you want in. Me to try again? I'm, I'm going to keep that <laughs> in, though. <laughs> Welcome to the Sega Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things Sega, be it the games, the music, or the community. I'm KC. In each episode, I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their projects and their passion for Sega. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge, everyone. I hope everyone's been having fun and enjoying the most recent Sega games. We'll get to those on the show eventually, so follow the podcast on your podcast app so you don't miss our reviews or discussions when they drop. Remember, you can still win a pack of the Sega Lounge stickers or a t-shirt by submitting your own 60-second game recording via email to podcast at thesegalounge.com or using the voicemail feature on our website. Simply pick your favorite Sega game and record your best pitch that you think will convince everyone to want to play it. Anything goes as long as it doesn't exceed one minute. Recordings that make it into the show will get the aforementioned prize. But there's no more time to waste. It's time, people. Time to talk about this week's guest. We've been getting a lot of returning guests recently, haven't we? This time, we welcome back to the lounge... Rul van Masterbergen, sorry Rul, founder of Senile Team. When he last came on the show back in October 2017, he was promoting the Kickstarter for a brand new Dreamcast game called Intrepid Easy. The game is now out on both Dreamcast and Steam, so it's time to talk to Rul once more and learn what happened during the development process and what exactly makes Intrepid Easy such a special game. Hello, Rule. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. Welcome. How Hello, are you? David. Thank you. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good, especially because you're here. And I, uh, I kept a promise that I made a few years ago. So do you remember when you last were on the show? What date it was? <laughs> oh, I really wouldn't know. October 2017. It's been a while. Wow, that's a that's a long time ago. Yes, it is. Uh, so we were we, both we, still young then. Oh, I I was very young then. I've I've aged like forty years uh, after that with all that's happened. But y <laughs> you you were on the show to talk about the Kickstarter for Intrepid Easy, um, and that's a thing of the past. Now the the Kickstarter, not the game. But I made you a promise. I oh, said, no, the I game said, is very current. Exactly. I, I said, I hope uh, I, we can get you back on the show when we're closer to the release of the game on the Dreamcast. And I'm very glad to say that I, I was able to, get, to keep that promise. So it's a real, real pleasure to have you back on, on the Sega Lounge. But It's a pleasure to be here. 
Thank you, thank you. Uh, but last time you were here, w w this was a little bit different of a show. This was a different format. It was more of a, a radio show. Now it's a podcast. And so some of the people listening in now probably don't remember our interview from last time. And so let's get into it by talking a little bit about your background as a gamer, if we can. Would you like to tell us briefly how you got into video games as, as a gamer first? Well, to be fair... I don't even remember interview from last time. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, how did I start as a gamer? Uh, shall we start with video games or even before then? Um, because uh, my first video game console was an Atari 2600, which was um, amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a, it's a very old machine now, of course. I think it's actually from about 1977, I think it was first produced. But I it think it's late 70s, yeah. Um, yeah, I was instantly uh, in love with that machine because it was amazing just being able to press a button and watching stuff move on, on your own TV. That was uh, that was magical. Of course, these days it's fairly normal <laughs> to see stuff moving on the screen, <laughs> so the uh, the magic is kind of gone in that respect. But uh, back then, even if it was just blocks, it was uh, yeah, it was a real um, a real treat. Um, but um, even before I uh, started with video games, I uh, I already had. Um, some um, a bit of a knack as a game de uh, developer, I guess, as a game designer, in the sense that I'd already invented some games myself. Uh, oh, uh, that's my phone. That's, let's. Uh, is that the the, the star off. post of Sonic? It is. Oh, nice! Quite uh, on I brand. It was an ideal sound for uh, for a message alert. Uh, right. Anyway, uh, even before video games, I, I had already invented some some games myself, uh, including a card game, uh, whose rules unfortunately are lost in time now. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, th then when I started uh, playing video games, I um, I played them a lot, <laughs> and uh, mean meanwhile, I have I think about fourteen game consoles. I don't. I've even lost count. But but you've got them all. They're all there, somewhere. Oh, uh, not not all of them. I, there are many more. Um, I don't have much Nintendo here, strangely. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do, of course, have a lot of Sega machines. Excellent, excellent. So I think I have three Mega Drives and two Dreamcasts. Oh, okay, okay. I've got three Dreamcasts. I think. I think two of them are working. One of them I need to get fixed. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, you you grew up with, with video games, basically, right? With games and video games then. Um, what What is it about video games that captured your imagination that made you even later get into making them as well? 
Um, well, I was always very creative, uh, not just because of the um, what I said earlier about the game I uh, invented, but also because I, I really like to uh, draw, and I did that all the time, uh, especially during class. Um, and uh, I th I, the thing about video games is it combines so many artistic um, fields it's it's art and it's music and there's story and of course uh, the interactive aspect of it and um, that that really uh, spoke to me I think just like the, uh, the the it's like so many art forms combined and all of them I find interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So I, I remember last time we we spoke, you you told us a little bit of your, your uh, background, you know, professional background, how you started. You didn't start in in the video game industry, but then you ended up working for a few companies. Um, you worked on, on on several different projects. What made you uh, want to start your own company and make your own games, you know, your way? Um, well, I think uh, that's something a lot of us want. Uh, if you have some creative energy and you like video games, then it's, it's the logical step to want to make video games yourself. It's... Uh, of course, starting your own company, that, that was not really the thing that I wanted because I hate doing admin and um, <laughs> I don't like, <clears throat> I don't like uh, um, dealing with taxes and all these things. So if I could have done it without starting my own company, I would have. But uh, unfortunately, it's a necessity to start one's own company if you want to do um, Kickstarter or... Uh, publish on certain platforms and uh, it's uh, it's mandatory mm -hmm. um, but starting uh, starting our own team is something uh, well we kind of rolled into I just um, I just I was always tinkering with uh, with with making games ever since I learned to uh, program ever since I learned to code um, and at some point, I actually had an idea that was interesting enough that my two brothers also wanted to join in. So then, uh, so then we were suddenly a team. And well, that game was Beats of Rage, mm -hmm. which, uh, as you know, was was quite successful. So after that, uh, our team quickly grew with uh, with a few more members. Um, I mean, we didn't grow. To be a very large team we just had one extra programmer and uh, and our composer uh, who's also uh, done the music for uh, for our next game russia's rally racing and for intrepid izzy as well mm -hmm. um but yeah it's um it, it kind of just happened at some point i guess it's it's something i was i was just hobbying for myself and at some point it grew into something bigger Excellent. Were you expecting to to for it to to grow into something as big as it is right now, or? Um, no, I I never expected the uh, the huge success of uh, Beats of Rage. That really took us by surprise. 
because it's a project that uh, that we made really purely for our own enjoyment. So um, when uh, when I said I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll put it on the internet, see if anyone else likes it. Maybe you know, maybe ten people would download it. Maybe we'll <laughs> get an email. <laughs> Turns out a million people downloaded it, and it, it became uh, a huge hit. It was. Uh, it, it's also the thing that uh, led to um, that uh, because we released this, uh, the source code, people started porting it to other systems, and, and I mm-hmm. had no idea at the time that it was even possible to make your own Dreamcast games. But because someone did that, I learned so much about <laughs> a world that I had no idea about. It's. Uh, yeah, no, I, I still uh, still code Dreamcast games, of course, because it's mm. it's it's a delightful machine to code for. Interesting. I didn't know that you weren't behind the the other ports of of Beats of Rage. So uh, the 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 people, the fans, the community took upon themselves to do that to port the game to different systems. Yeah. That is correct. Oh, interesting. <laughs> how does that make you feel or how, how did that make you feel at the time especially because you, you, you made something like a, a personal project that you weren't expecting to get as much traction as it did obviously uh, and then seeing it on, on different systems that you never really thought of putting it on <laughs> what was your oh. reaction <laughs> oh well it made me feel very happy obviously it was a, a, an amazing surprise um, but it, it it also meant that I was very busy for the next uh, couple of months because um, so many people were downloading the game that it uh, our server just uh, broke down. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I I spent weeks looking for more servers to host it on, and uh, <laughs> I remember a friend saying, "Oh, a, f- a friend of mine has a hosting company. I'll put it there. They they have lots of bandwidth." It'll be fine. So the next day, the hosting company went down <laughs> because, <laughs> because of too much traffic. So yeah, it, 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 was, it was a joy, but it also uh, caused some problems. <laughs> okay, very good. Very nice. So Beats of Rage, that's, that's, that was the first step into the, this, this world of having your, your own company and making games. Uh, then you, you also mentioned Rush Rush Rally Racing, so um, that was something that you guys ventured into next. Uh, why? So Beats of Rage, I, I remember, and I, I have a quote here, because, you know, as I said, I listened back to, to some of our last interview, and you said it at one point, we figured there would never be a Streets of Rage 4. Well then. That, that's, uh, that is what we figured. <laughs> And, and, and for and, many years we and were I, right. I think, <laughs> and I think we, we all did. At, at, I, I don't think anyone expected uh, Streets of Rage 4 to be a, a, a real thing in, in 2021. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. But then you, you decided to go for something completely different. Rush Rush Rally Racing is not a, a beat-em-up or a fighting game or something well, like that. Uh, originally, we, we did want to go for something more in the same vein. Um, because the the uh, after Beats of Rage, we uh, had a concept for another beat 'em up game called Age of the Beast, but um, 
even though there was a lot of interest for it, uh, I never managed to finish that project, sadly. Um, I guess I just didn't have enough experience managing uh, uh, projects of that scale. It required a lot of animation and I didn't have much animation experience either. So uh, that, that was a constant um, problem mm -hmm. in keeping the project moving. Um, maybe one day I'll get back to it. But, um, but yeah. Uh, so at that time, that, that wasn't meant to be? Correct. I, uh, it, uh, it, was, uh, it was too much for me at that time. Um, but then, um, yeah, one of my brothers discovered that there was a uh, Dreamcast coding contest going on. And we thought we could probably make a small racing game as an uh, as an entry to that contest um it very quickly became something much bigger than the small racing <laughs> game than it should have been um also the contest was cancelled <laughs> so, <Okay. laughs> so things didn't exactly go as planned um but at that but by the time the contest got cancelled we already uh, had something that was running quite nicely and, and uh, it played very well so we thought it would be a shame to throw this all away so then we made it even bigger <laughs> <laughs> and it became another project that, uh, that took years of our lives <laughs> and it, then, then you even uh, released Reloaded, right? so that, that was... Uh, uh, yeah, after after releasing Russia's Rally Racing on the Dreamcast, we um, thought it might be a good idea to um, to expand to other platforms. So we uh, we released it on the Nintendo Wii as well, which was uh, not a not a great success. Uh, I think the Dreamcast version sold probably about thirty times as many. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> we were we were was not really a good platform to be on, as uh, as we found yeah. found out um, the hard way, unfortunately. But um, yeah, the Wii version had some extra features uh, added in um, because we wanted to give it yeah some uh, a, a bit more value even than the uh, than the original, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, when people noticed, of course, the difference between the Dreamcast version and the Wii version, they said, we want this on our Dreamcast as well. <laughs> so um, then I ported it back to the Dreamcast again uh, and called it Russia's Rally Reloaded to distinguish it from the original. Mm -hmm. And it has uh, uh, yeah, a, bunch, a bunch of extra features, especially for single-player modes. Uh, the original had one single-player mode and three multiplayer modes, and now it's more balanced out with three single-player modes as well. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So why racing? Was it just because of that competition, or was a racing game something that you and your brothers wanted to, to make for a long time, and this was the, the perfect opportunity? Um, well, we, we were always big fans of the Micro Machines series, which mm -hmm. I think... Yeah, uh, probably shows in uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, 
we took inspiration from Micro Machines and, uh, and a Neo Geo game called Thrash Rally. Um, but um, a lot of people who see Russia Rally Racing, they think, oh, this is just like some other racing game that they know, and they yeah. <laughs> often assume that it's based on that, but it's not. It's Micro Machines and Thrash Rally, so it's not GTA or <laughs> any of those other games that people mentioned. Um, yeah, we we, uh, we figured that a racing game, if we kept if we kept it small as intended, it would have been a, a fairly easy project because you know all the car has to do is rotate, so we don't have to make any uh, complex animations. Animations were the thing that really plagued our previous uh, project, so um, yeah, we wanted to s- stay away from that. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, very good. So uh, obviously, you have or you've had a lot of success with Dreamcast. Uh, you mentioned early that it's a delight to code for the Dreamcast. Um, is it only from a technical perspective, or is it something else that brings you that joy to make things for for that console? It's um, it's always cool to make something work on an actual game console it, it just feels um, like something more special than uh, than coding for a PC Any, anyone can code on a PC or anyone can even make a game on on a PC without being able to code because there are so many uh, tools available yeah. but um, a game console is specifically made for gaming and I think the difference shows it's it's especially if you've got um, you know exactly what the controller is going to be like that someone is going to hold when playing the game and you use that information to make the uh, the, the game um, optimal for that for that experience. Just mm-hmm. the the couch gaming experience is different than than PC gaming. I think not as much these days as it used to be, though. These days, it's uh, I think PC is um, uh, it's still a different platform than than consoles, but it's uh, it's more similar than it used to be. But, yeah, um, probably consoles are becoming more similar to PCs. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's going both directions. Um, companies like Steam are really um, pushing for more compatibility with game controllers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and on the other hand, game consoles are including things like Netflix and YouTube and all that stuff mm-hmm. and built-in browsers. It's all it's all getting closer together, but. Um, but yeah, but, but the Dreamcast was, uh, in in some ways, w- one of the last of its kind, right? Yeah, it was. And I still think that the association of a game console, it, it just has a different um, a different feeling, for me at least, in my, mm-hmm. um, in my experience. Same. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, it, so the, the Dreamcast was obviously a big success for, for you guys and... And that's yeah. Oh, but but as for the oh, yeah. coding aspect, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah. The, the hardware of the, uh, the Dreamcast hardware is, is 
not too difficult to understand. It doesn't have too many diff different uh, chips in it. Like, uh, for example, the Saturn, which has way too many, uh, <laughs> way too many processors and, and, and audio chips and whatever. Um, Dreamcast is, is quite straightforward and that's, uh, that's pleasant. It's, pl it's, a, it's a pleasant device to work, uh, to work with. You know what you can expect. Unlike with a PC where everything is different on every PC, you don't know what yeah. resolution you're going to get. You don't know what, uh, what kind of controller you're going to get. Yeah. You, ha you have to optimize the game for several different, uh, you know, PC uh, settings and, and equipment and stuff. So it's always a, like a box of surprises. <laughs> yeah, there, there's just so many different scenarios that you have to um, account for. Account for, yeah. And um, yeah, with a with a game console, that's not the case. You can just go for what's optimal for that system. Mm -hmm. Okay, makes sense. And so that brings us to Intrepid Easy, right? We we last time you you came on the show, we talked about it a little bit. But now it's a real thing. It's now it's it's a, a project that's done. Uh, it's it's out in the world. It's a great platforming game. Uh, but better than me saying it's a great platforming game, what is Intrepid Easy Rule for people not in the know? Well, it's first of all, it's it's a platforming game, and thank you for saying that it's uh, that it's a good one. Um. But I uh, I mixed it with some beat 'em up influences. I still love beat 'em ups and <laughs> um, especially Streets of Rage. So I did take some Streets of Rage influence in uh, in designing this game. So the fighting, uh, the, the combo system when fighting is is very much inspired by Beats of Rage uh, by Streets of Rage. Sorry. So you just repeat the same button, but um, the character makes different attacks in a certain yeah. series. I just like that that way of fighting and um so it's a platformer it's also a beat -em up but it's also uh it's also an adventure game where you have to um explore large levels and find certain items and figure out how to use them yeah i i like that the aspect of it it's not very complex or or, or complicated but it's it's a nice little touch to be able to go back to to levels and use certain items that you didn't have at the at that point get other items or unlock certain parts of the levels and stuff so that's that's an interesting side of the the game that i wasn't aware that it was going to have so a, a pleasant surprise i think i'm glad you like it <laughs> And uh, oh, also, in, also important to mention for people who uh, don't know it yet is that um, in this game you also collect uh, costumes for uh, for the main character uh, that don't just make her look different, but also give her different powers. So if you have the vampire costume, you can change into a bat, that sort of thing. And there are, I think, six different outfits in total in the game. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's something that changes gameplay a lot as well. So that's important for people to, to know. And you, it's, uh, it's vital in completing the game. Exactly, it is. And so you, you decided to go uh, to Kickstarter to, to get some, some funding, some, some monies for, to make this project happen. Obviously, it went well. Um, so you've released the game now on both Steam and Dreamcast, which is probably what many people in the community were expecting and 
you know, eager to to get their hands on the Dreamcast version. It's now into the world, and people are are playing it, loving it. Um, but there are plans for more, right? For more um, versions. <laughs> uh, there is a plan for for PlayStation Four port as well. That is uh, that is correct. Um, but so far. I haven't made much progress with the uh, PlayStation 4 version. Uh, it's kind of difficult to get um, to get in touch with Sony about certain things when you're not a, a huge AAA developer. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been a bit of a frustrating process, uh, but we're looking into ways of solving that. Um, mm -hmm. I can't say much more at this time because uh, there's nothing, no definitive solution yet, but we're working on it. Okay, okay. Soon, TM. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any plans for, because uh, I, I know people will, will ask this, uh, any plans for a Switch version? Because people want everything on the Switch. And this actually looks like a game that would suit the Switch, the Nintendo Switch, quite nicely. Yeah, I think so too. Um, seems to uh, fit with the um, Switch audience. Uh, although I, I would have liked the Switch better if it had a D-pad on it, but uh, <laughs> by default, I mean uh, you can of course yeah. use the uh, use the different Pro controller. controller but, yeah. um, um, it's uh, that's something we're also looking into. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, no definitive plans yet. So. Okay. So uh, keep your eyes on on social media and and the website and stuff like that and for news, right? Of you course, know? when uh, when we know more, then uh, we will definitely uh, let everyone know. Okay, okay. So going back to the Kickstarter rule, um, it was a success. So people, you know, you got the funding that you needed. Um, what was it? How was it? By the way, because. Uh, was it was it a, a nerve-wracking process? I, I also I always like to to ask people this because I'm curious about how to how it is the experience of getting a, a Kickstarter project, and then uh, were you always checking the numbers and the total? I know there's a, like a daily email you get with with the the total so far and how many people are backing, etc. But were you always uh, like on the edge of your seat? watching the numbers grow or stuff it was the most well one of the most nerve-wracking experiences of my life <laughs> it was uh, it was really hard work too it's um i think i spent uh i calculated then about a hundred hours a week just on managing the kickstarting campaign answering questions trying to get more exposure uh and yeah checking the numbers a lot um and um we only just made it to the goal and uh only because um i found some people interested to back very large amounts um but um it was difficult i think uh people at the time were a bit wary of backing a dreamcast project because of uh some other projects that had uh not delivered yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah. um yeah it was very difficult to get people 
uh, engaged to get people active to uh, also back when Kickstarter was was a new thing everyone would write about it mm -hmm. every journalist every magazine would write about new Kickstarter campaigns because it was this amazing new way of of, of bringing games into the world and and by the time I got to do my Kickstarter, it wasn't the new thing anymore. And journalists didn't want to write about it because they were all like, yeah, well, you know, uh, first make your game and then we'll see. So it was very difficult to get, uh, to get, um, to reach the attention a big of enough. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you think things have changed since then a little bit or, or not? Maybe I guess I'll know if I if I try to start another Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was asking that because I think there there's a slight shift in perspective because I I think you're right. So at first everyone was backing everything and everyone was excited because there were a lot of um, new games for uh, for like dead consoles. Uh, let's not call it call them dead, like old school consoles. Um, but in, in people were very excited to have these new games on their old consoles and stuff. Then there were some disappointments, as you said. Uh, there, there are a couple that, that come to mind and that made people a little bit afraid of, you know, getting, uh, sending their money to people who wouldn't deliver. But now I think I see people again a little bit more open to backing certain projects at least. I don't know. Maybe it's just my perspective that changed. I don't well, know. Well, I, I hope your perspective is correct. <laughs> um, perhaps I've helped restore people's faith in crowdfunding a little. Um, we certainly uh, did get a lot of uh, positive feedback on, uh, on the way we handled uh, the uh, Kickstarter campaign, especially mm -hmm. the... Um, process of, of managing uh, the project once uh, once funding uh, was successful um, we posted very frequent updates about uh, the development process uh, at least once a month usually mm -hmm. um, and uh, I've, I've seen multiple people saying that this is how a Kickstarter is done right so that's a big compliment, and um, yeah, because you know, you you if people backed waiting for the Dreamcast game, or expecting the Dreamcast game, was uh, close to four years of wait. If you don't say, if you don't tell people how the game is going, how the process of development is going, people will start to worry and freak out, right? And rightly so. <laughs> so it makes it. That's what. I think most of the times happens. There's there are long silences between updates, and that's what makes people a little bit weary of of backing games. Yeah, it's it's a bit strange to me that uh, so many teams just fail to post frequent updates because if you're working on the game at just a normal pace, then there should be more than enough to tell every month. Hmm. Yeah. By the way, w would you like to tell us a little bit about th that process of... So, the Kickstarter ended. Uh, then I know there's a 
a, a process of waiting for Kickstarter to to finalize the pro the the process of getting the money over to you. There are people who don't, and uh, at, at the end who, who cancel their their um, their pledges. There there are problems with like credit cards and stuff. So it's usually there. There are a few weeks, I think, right, until everything yep. is concluded. Yeah. So when you you got the money uh in all the way until this year when you you got the the game out into the world uh how was that project a process like what happened what challenges did you have to face uh well the first uh first challenge is uh, something you already mentioned that the, some uh some of the backers had credit card problems uh or for some other reason the money just didn't transfer so uh the amount that's listed on kickstarter is actually not the amount that was actually uh transferred to kickstarter mm -hmm. what kickstarter shows is the number that was pledged not the number that was actually collected um so it turns out we were actually slightly underfunded from the start that's a bit of a problem uh but still um It was enough to get uh, to to keep me uh, working on the game full time for quite some uh, some time, and uh, development was very very fast in that uh, in that time, and uh, I really enjoyed it too. Being able to just focus on developing my own game, uh, so that was that was great, mm -hmm. I must say. Because this wasn't just a side project; this was your full time job at this point. It, it was, but not just from the Kickstarter money, I have to say. I also invested a, a, a quite considerable sum of my own savings. Um, but uh, it was something I, uh, I I really wanted to do, just uh, be able to work full-time on, on my own game. And that's uh, I'm very thankful that that was uh, made possible, largely thank to, thanks to uh, Kickstarter and uh, Kickstarter backers. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for 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 apart from the um, the slight, you know, underfunding, um, it was uh, it was going very well until, of course, um, there came the point that the funds ran out, and I have to, uh, and I had to find a job again. <laughs> okay, so. Um, from that point on, uh, development wasn't quite as uh, quick as it used to be, but still, uh, it didn't take too long for me to um, to complete the Steam version, which uh, which launched uh, about a year ago. Um, and after that, of course, the uh, Dreamcast version was next, and that took quite a bit longer than I expected. And one of the uh, major reasons for that is simply. Uh, the corona outbreak. Mm -hmm. um, it would seem that it's not really a problem to be um, to to have a lockdown because I was, of course, uh, sitting uh, at my computer anyway. <laughs> so what does it matter if there's a lockdown? But the truth is very different. It's uh, first of all, it's it's um, it's not healthy for my psyche. <laughs> which makes it more, uh, more difficult to concentrate. Uh, secondly, uh, 
it, it was also difficult to get the game tested properly. Uh, normally, we would have uh, testing sessions with uh, we would invite a lot of friends, and then everyone would play, and I would take notes of every potential problem area, and that just wasn't possible because of the lockdown. Um, so I had to do a lot of testing myself, which to, to which of course I always do test myself, but now I had to test it even more. Uh, so that took a lot of time that I could have normally spent on development. So everything took a bit longer. Uh, I wasn't quite as focused. So that also made it take longer. Yeah. All in all, the um, yeah the the uh, the pandemic was really a big problem for uh, for the, uh, for this project. Mm-hmm. And even the the physical releases probably were affected, or the the release was affected. The the, the, the production, yeah, the, the actual production, right? Production was also affected. That is correct. Um, yeah, suppliers uh, are of course they of course depend on our suppliers depend on their suppliers, and they yeah. all depend on you know stuff being shipped all over the world, which mm-hmm. is uh, still a problem at this time, even yeah. though. Uh, uh, in the Netherlands, the um, the uh, pandemic is pretty much at, at its end. Uh, it's expected that in a few weeks, the um, uh, the last of the lockdown rules or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the be, restrictions. Uh, yeah, the restrictions. That's the word I was looking for. The last of the restrictions will probably be uh, revoked in a few weeks, is the expectation at least. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that doesn't mean that, uh, everything is all right with the world. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, sending, sending a a package to, uh, to another country still takes much longer than usual. On top of that, new rules for people in the the EU, uh, (laughs) when it comes to shipping things out of your country into your country, Probably uh, um, the effects of Brexit as well, which I believe the UK is probably a, a big market for for dr- your game. I'm I'm guessing because there's a a, fa- a large fan base of Dreamcast players there as well. So you that, guessed correctly. Yeah, that probably didn't help either. Uh, no, it didn't help. But um, I was very lucky to find. Uh, distributor in uh, in the UK oh, nice. actually they found me <laughs> okay um, which is uh, wave game studios they um, uh, there are actually two people and one of them is uh, is, a, is a backer of uh, of, the, of the intrepid Izzy so um, they uh, they got in touch with me and and uh, said hey we'd like to um, order a, a large number of uh, copies to distribute in the UK and that's uh, that's uh, they've done so very successfully I must say excellent that was a big help <laughs> then good okay very good so rule um, thank you very much for your candid uh, answers and in sharing a little bit of this process which I, I believe was probably nerve-wracking at points especially considering the challenges that you, you just shared with us. But um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the game. We're just going to take a quick break now, and we're, we'll come back with, with more on Intrepid Easy. Awesome. 
Hello, the Sega Lounge listeners. This is Rapsy here. This is not the first time you're listening to me for sure. Uh, you might have heard me on uh, Radio Sega's live shows and programming, and maybe on streams as well on twitch.tv slash Radio Sega. Today, I am here to sell you a game in 60 seconds, apparently, and that game is going to be virtual on Oratorio Tangram. So without further ado, here we go. Virtual On is a mecha battle series that was created for the Model 2 arcade board and got its first release in 1996. It got some traditional fighting game elements, like the life bars for both players. What sets Virtual On apart, however, is that you control your Virtuaroid freely through a 3D arena, as you'll be required to use your weapons and skill and maneuver through an arena's specific obstacles, uh, elevation and hazards to your advantage and exploit your opponent's lack of dare-off. You use one of the many characters available to you, every single one of them is absolutely unique, both visually and gameplay-wise. If you're into real-time one-on-one battles that are a mix of fighting, action and strategy on the go, a thrilling one at that, this is definitely worth a try. Uh, the Virtual On series, Western Presence, has been unfortunately hibernating for a long time, although you can still buy Oratorio Tangram on Xbox Live Arcade! Welcome back, Rule. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. Um, we're talking about Intrepid Easy. We've talked about the, the challenges of getting this game done and um, in people's hands, which is what we, we always want with these new awesome games. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but, Rule, last time you were here, last time you were here, we had a... We played a little game. And, and I... I hope you don't remember, because it was probably uh, such a traumatic experience that you erase it from your memory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> something, because it's it's a tradition here on, on the lounge. We always have something we like to call the Sega Lounge Challenge. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for, and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean... Welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> last time, I didn't remember this either, but I, I was listening back. And last time I was here with a, 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 a guest host, guest co-host, a, a winner was you. Who was, as you call him, your Sega guru. So he was like your lifeline, your help to answer our questions. This time... You're all alone, but uh, I think I think you'll you'll be you'll be you'll do fine. This is a, a different a challenge that I, I have to 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 give to you to propose to you. It's okay, called the yeah, ultimate. This, uh, I've, I vaguely remember <laughs> this now. Yeah. It's, oh, it was this was a, this a, was the show quiz, that I said right? I wouldn't never get back on. Uh, I I remember now. I, I, I after I finished that show, <laughs> I said I will never get back on the Sega Lounge. Yeah, that's it. But it was a quiz. Yeah, it was a quiz. This time, I have something different for you. Okay, okay. I've been doing this this season with most of my guests. Called uh, something called the the ultimate Sega fan challenge. 
So what this is, is a, a bit of a quiz as well, but there's music involved. Uh, and you can get up to 20 points. That's the max score you can get on, on these questions. But my goal for you is just to get 10 points. 10 points will be enough, okay? You think you're okay. up for the challenge? That depends. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, right. So uh, this is how it works now. So first, the first question is a question, and uh, you have to pick between an easy or hard question. An easy question, a correct answer to an easy question gets you one point. A correct answer to a hard question gets you two points. So it's up to you. And it's going to be like that for most of the game. So which one do you want? An easy or hard Sega-related question? Um, well, let's start with easy. You are a wise man. No one ever does that, and they regret it instantly. Okay, so let's start with an easy question. Are you familiar with the game OutRun? I am somewhat familiar with the game OutRun. Okay, this is an easy question, so I think I mean, this, I'm not this, an expert. I think this is really, really easy, though. So the question is, in OutRun, what brand of cars do you drive? Uh, definitely Ferrari. Ferrari. I think Ferrari. Are there any other brands that we drive in a, in Outrun? I mean, it's red, right? So it has to be a Ferrari. It's red. And in the original ones, you only have the red car. Yeah. So Ferrari? Final I'm answer. For Ferrari. That's my final answer. Are you sure? Of course I'm not sure. You're, you're, you're making me doubt myself. <laughs> That's correct. It is a Ferrari. Yes. <laughs> okay, for a moment there, I thought it was going crazy. That That's how it works here. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so one point. Good job. Good job. Oh, Only... It wasn't music related, though. That's what I'm going to say now. So the next one is music related, because what I have for you is a short 10-second long clip. Of a Sega track. Oh, before okay. we do that, yes. Did you know that Outrun is now also uh, a musical genre? Yeah, it's like uh, part of like synthwave, right? Right. <laughs> and uh, you should definitely listen to it because it's great. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Everyone should listen to Outrun yes. as a genre. <laughs> listen to Outrun and to music from the game Outrun as well. It's great. Okay, so this is not outrun music, but could be the genre, but could be outrun music the game. I don't know. You tell me, okay? So one point, you get one point for the game, one point for what track it is. And when I mean the track... Oh, this can... is a game I used to play with my brother. But, um, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, we, we'd, uh, we'd play remixes of uh, Mega Drive uh, music mm -hmm. to each other and then uh, have the other one guess. Excellent. Excellent. So this that, that will probably help you. You don't need to tell me the title of the track. If you do, all awesome. That, that's easy. If you don't know the title, you can tell me the, the stage, where it plays in the game. If you can tell me that you know what it is, I will give you the extra point, okay? Ready for the first one? 
I guess I'll have to be. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Ah, yes, I knew it. That's it. So that's Panzer Dragoon, composed by um, Yoshitaka Azuma, and it's uh, level one. Anything else you need to know? I, I, don't, I, I just need the correct answer. Is that the correct answer? <laughs> well, that depends what the question is. <laughs> the question but is, I believe the question which, which was, game which game from? is it and, yes. and which part of the game? Exactly. <laughs> so I gave you those and I also told you the composer. So that's another bonus point for me. <laughs> that's not how it works. It is now. It is now. <laughs> but I will give you two points. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So if you don't get the ten points, I will give you an extra bonus point because of the composer. Good job. Yeah, this is flight. Yeah, the first level from from Panzer Dragoon. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Almost instant. Okay. Question number three. So again, a question: easy or hard rule? Um. Well. Since I, I've, I've now done two questions, right? And I've scored three, so three points. points so far, yes. So I'm ahead, so I can, I can take the risk and go for hard. Okay, That's, I like that reasoning. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go with this one. I have a list. I'm, That's why I'm... I'm, I'm preparing la- to regret this. I'm <laughs> laughing because I, what I do is I, I pick the questions... Uh, on the fly so at the exact moment you you choose because i have a list of easy and hard questions mm-hmm. so I, i'm just scrolling and laughing okay like a an evil genius question for you shenmue 2 are you familiar with shenmue 2 not really not really <laughs> okay okay so let's see in shenmue 2 what morning task does Ryo have to perform every day at Manmo Temple? There's a point in the game to offer you some context. There's a point in the game where you reach uh, the the Manmo Temple. You are looking for a master. And yeah, I, I know I've seen it, but oh, really? I have, I've, I've the, no idea what task it was. And until you, you the, he has a sweep. And, I guess to sweep the, the square. So at, at, until you're 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 ready to progress to a different stage of the game, every single day, you do the, the same thing. But it's but it's not sweeping. I I'm not sure. I'm just giving you the, some context to allow you to give a, a better answer or a good the correct answer actually. <laughs> I'm not saying oh, the, so, the one oh, that so you gave is me not is not. Correct. I'm not saying that. You just. You're just assuming. What would be something that you could do every day that would make sense? Sweeping could be a, a daily task. Definitely. Yeah, well, uh, it could be something completely different, but that's that's the only thing that, that somehow emerged in my mind so that's what i'm going for <laughs> if it's something else that i'm not going to guess it anyway okay so sweeping sweeping the the floor 
of the temple, perhaps. Yeah? Well, I thought it was outside the temple, but since... Outside, uh, okay, outside. No, it's okay, <laughs> I don't know. Of course you know, you you have the answer <laughs> there. <laughs> and I've played the game. So you said you, you, you saw it somewhere, so did you watch some well, videos? My, my, my brother played the game. Oh. Um, and I... Do you think I watched the bit where he was at the temple? Mm -hmm. um, but that was so many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever played the first one yourself or no? Uh, for a bit. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't finish it. My, my brother had more fun playing it, so uh, I just let him play it. And uh, okay. I, I was content watching. Okay. Okay. These are. This is my favorite video game series of all time, Shenmue. So I, I have a, a, a special fondness for, for all the, these bits of trivia regarding Shenmue. The answer rule to this ever-important question, something that will help you in your life knowing <laughs> this from now on, you will never forget this. Uh, so every day, Ryo has to do something other than sweeping the the floor of the temple, inside, outside, whatever. He has to air out the books. So every day, he has to go in... There's a, a small library uh, in, in a small building just next to the, the temple. He has to bring out all the books and uh, they are open on, on like some benches outside. To air okay, out. I have no memory of that whatsoever. And that the mini game is uh, Rio has to pick pick up piles of uh, books, and you have to guide Rio, uh, but you can't go too fast, otherwise you trigger a QTE section, and if you fail the QTE, he drops the books. So that's the 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 game, the mini game there. So okay, that makes sense. Well, thank you for giving me the hint of. What's a task that you might have to do every day? That, <laughs> that really to, helped. You have to air out books. Otherwise, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll you know, yeah, they'll yeah, smell. They'll, they'll, and, they'll, and they'll smell bad. They'll yeah, smell sure. bad. So, you know, it, it makes sense. <laughs> or maybe not. Okay. <laughs> anyway, three points still. Let's go with another song, shall we? So it's the same thing. One point for game, one point for track. And I will, I will, I will, you know, store the bonus point if you can tell me the composer again. Okay, let's take a listen. Well, I believe that's the Sonic Mania title screen. Uh, and I should know the composer because I've seen it recently. Oh, but what was his name? Lopez? Maybe. Well? Maybe. You so, tell me. So, you're saying Sonic Mania title screen by someone called Lopez. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Are you sure? No, but... You're going to. <laughs> Should I play it again? You're going to relieve me of this this insecurity, this <laughs> this doubt. 
Should That's I play it crushing, again? Uh, just in no, case? No, no, no. You don't, no? You don't, no? You don't need to play it again. You're fairly, fairly confident in yourself, in your answer? Well, I might be completely wrong, but then okay. I'd have to call myself an idiot. <laughs> so but, the, you the, know, if uh, knowing that you're an idiot is also very valuable knowledge. So That's true. Let's hear it. Yeah. So the composer of Sonic Mania, by the way, not saying this is Sonic Mania, but the composer is fellow Portuguese T Lopes, or as people say, oh, okay. uh, but you know, it's actually T Lopes in Portuguese. But okay, ah. okay, I'm I'm not okay. salty. So I mispronounced it, but you know, I was, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's you know, okay. <laughs> I was Every, on the right track. Everyone right? does. Everyone does. So yeah, yeah. So um, you know who who did the the, the soundtrack to the game? Is it Sonic Mania though? The, the actual title of the track is Discovery. That's how it's called. And it is a title screen track from a game called Sonic Mania. Two points. Good job. Well ah. done. What? Why two points? I thought I was getting a bonus point. Uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's stored for you just in case. Just in oh, case you need <laughs> it in the end. Oh, right, right, right. That's my wild card. Okay. You have two stored tucked away in the corner just in case. Okay, so that means five official actual points so far. And we're almost halfway there. So number five is another question. Easy or hard rule? Uh, well, let's go easy again because the hard one was definitely too hard for me. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Okay. We, we've mentioned this. Uh, it, it was a surprise, a pleasant surprise. We now have Streets of Rage 4. Have you played Streets of Rage 4, Rule? I have. Uh, you have. Have you enjoyed it? Uh, yes, but also no. There were some things which, personally, I would have done differently and things that kind of irked me. But Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. So your question, your easy question is, is a multiple choice question, actually. Which of the following pop culture references does not appear in the sewer section of Streets of Rage 4? There are loads of Easter eggs in Streets of Rage 4. So th there's a sewer section. And in that section, there are a, a few references to pop culture. So, which one does not appear there? Option A, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Option B, Shinobi. Option C, Childish Gambino. Which is very I don't specific. even know what a Childish Gambino is. Childish Gambino is uh, a rapper. And he's also an actor, but he's called Donald Glover. If you're familiar with shows like Community and, and stuff like that. And even um, the Star Wars film Solo, he was yeah, Lando, Lando Calrissian. Yeah, I, I know who Donald Glover yeah. is. Okay, I had so no idea. His, his rap, rapping persona is Childish Gambino. Okay, well, that explains why I, have, why I had no idea what that even meant. <laughs> um, so... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah, Shinobi or, Ninja Turtles or Donald Glover. It makes sense to have in there, of course. Um, so two, two of these are in the game, 
in the right, sewer what, what, section. What was option B again? Uh, Shinobi. Shinobi would also make sense to have in uh, to have a reference to, especially since it's also a Sega property. Uh, and the 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 childish Gambino is such a. Um, so out of the blue that it's it's so disconnected from the subject yeah. that I, I I can scarcely imagine that that you would have made that one up. Okay. Um, so right now, what would be your answer without uh, without me telling you anything else? I should have paid more attention when I was playing the sewer level. <laughs> uh, on, well, I'm on one hand, I think. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would make the most sense to have there. On the other hand, it might be um, legally tricky because it's not a Sega-owned IP. Could so just I'm be a reference. Yeah, it's just a reference. That's could, true. Could of just course. be a reference, not not the exact drawings of of the turtles. Yeah. So I, uh, let, let me tell you something that will probably mess things up, but I'm going for the Gambino. Okay, so because even yeah. if if even if I had seen him, I wouldn't have recognized him. Okay, so, so. the thing that will probably mess thing, things up a bit is all of these appear in the game somewhere. Oh, they do, and there are more. There are more. For example, there's Sonic. Well, I guess it. I in, guess, in the, in I guess the it's going to be well. Shinobi then, because it would make more sense to place the Shinobi reference in a different level. So I'm going for Shinobi. So at this point, you've said I'm going with the Turtles. I'm going with Childish Gambino. I'm going with Shinobi. So yeah, but uh, <laughs> Shinobi is my final answer. <laughs> Are you sure? No. <laughs> so do you think? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles make make sense in in the sewers, right? It makes the yeah, most sense. Makes the most sense. Then Childish Gambino. Why? Well, I know nothing about why, why Childish not, Gambino. Right? I, I yeah. couldn't say anything sensible about uh, nothing. I could say about this <laughs> Childish Gambino. Even the, the two words Childish Gambino. <laughs> Don't mean anything to me. It's it's like two completely random disconnected words. It's it has it has no meaning. It doesn't connect in my brain. But he, he's a Gambino who is childish. What, what, what is a Gambino anyway? Don't ask me questions that I know don't know the answers to. <laughs> oh, apologies. Um, but the only reason behind the the only reasoning behind my answer is that. I think it would make more sense to put the Shinobi reference in a different level, one of mm -hmm. the levels where there's actually ninja stuff going on. Okay. So I'm going for Shinobi. So your final answer is Shinobi. That is my final answer. I'm going to lock it in and tell you. Let, let's go in parts. So... The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles do appear in the sewer section of the game at the start, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's a reference. It's like you, you can see like a rat and four turtles. And that's why you know it's a reference to uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've probably seen it and then 
failed to remember it. Yeah, but it's just a, a rat and four turtles. So not exactly the Ninja Turtles, but you know it's a reference. Yeah, it's it's clear. Yeah. Uh, so Shinobi or child, Childish Gambino? Well, Shinobi appears in the game in the form of like, a, you know, a, a graffiti drawing of of Shinobi, of Joe Musashi from the games. It's like mm-hmm. quite big. And Childish Gambino is in the crowd at a certain point in the game. Oh, but so I the, don't think there's a crowd in the, in the sewers. In the sewers. So the correct answer would be Childish Gambino. He is in the crowd during the fight with Max in the Y Tower stage. And so are some of the developers of the game in the crowd for that I fight. See. Okay, I, I just learned this recently. Oh, you just this. learned this recently, and still you thought it was an easy question. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, as you said, it was the one that made more sense at first. But then, as you progressed to your reasoning, you changed to Shinobi. So, I, yeah. ch- I changed from <laughs> from <laughs> each answer to each every other answer. It's uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Five points halfway well, there. <laughs> at least I didn't go with my first instinct, which was also wrong. <laughs> yes, yes, but that that could be could be a, a, um, a, tr- a trick question as well. You know, the turtles make sense, so maybe they're not there. But no, they are. They are. Okay. Rule number six. Another song. Ready for this? Of course okay. you are, because you're crushing the songs. Let's take a listen. I mean, if you don't get this one. Well, then I'd have to hang myself. Probably. This, this is um, Streets of Rage 2. I believe the song is called Go Straight. Composer Yuzo Koshiro. No, I forgot about that. Yes, <laughs> I forgot about the composer point. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's the first level. Um, what what more can I say? Maybe I can tell you something. Correct, two points, obviously, with an, an extra one stored away, just in case. <laughs> it's it's those extra stored away points that that really you're, make me proud. You're, you're counting Th- on those are the ones I'm taking home. Yes. <laughs> Okay, you have three already. So, if no, if everything else fails, you have seven proper points and three bonus. So, you'll get the ten. Okay. I, I wonder if I if, if I mispronounced every composer, but <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I do that all the time. No one has sued me or sent me any hate, hate mail. So, I think right. well, good. well, the. Um... The first composer we talked about is already dead, so he can't. Oh see yeah, me that's true. <laughs> okay. Rule number seven: easy or hard question. Well, the easy question was hard enough. Thank you very much. So <laughs> I'll go for easy. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Okay. World of illusion. Starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. A Mega Drive game. Yes? Yes, I've played it. Okay, good. So. In World of Illusion, how do Mickey and Donald attack their enemies? 
That's the question. Yeah. Okay. And I know the answer. It's just, um, what's the best word for it? They, they use a, a piece of cloth. They use a, like a, almost like a tablecloth that they pull over their enemies. It's, um, it's not actually a tablecloth, mm -hmm. of course. It's, it's more like, uh, like a magician's cloth that, it, that would drape over some thing. Yeah. Or a cape might be, yeah. um, in any case, a, a, a piece of cloth that they wave in the direction of their enemies and some sparkles fly out and the, uh, the enemies are um, defeated thus. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's yes. my answer. That was very descriptive, um, and so yeah, I, I couldn't really find find the right word for it. <laughs> so I, I, I know, but I, I I have no choice but to give you one point. Very good. That's it, exactly it. Yes, using their capes, their magic capes, or something. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well done. So that's eight so far, and we're going into. Question eight, which is not a question, it's another song. But this is the last song, so there's a twist. It's and the twist is this time I don't know the answer. It's reversed. So oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> Can you guess this? I know the I know you know this one as well. Uh, but can you guess it while it's playing in reverse? Let's take a listen. Same rules, so uh, okay. even for composers as well. <laughs> I think it's from Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm going to say Marble Zone. I don't know the composer, sorry. Okay. So your answer is Sonic the Hedgehog? No, wait. My oh, answer wait. is going to be the Labyrinth Zone. Sonic the Hedgehog Labyrinth Zone. Why the sudden change? Something about the tempo of the sound, maybe. some. I don't know. It's, it's just suddenly I thought, no, it's going to be Labyrinth Zone. It's, it's, that's... It just occurred to me. Might okay. be a completely wrong occurrence, but that still, that's that's what I think now. Okay. So, final answer, Sonic 1, Labyrinth Zone. Yes. Okay. So you get one point for, for the game. It is Sonic 1, which means you get nine points. Do you get the second point or not? The best way to find out is to listen to the song, not in reverse. And you tell me. Yes, it is. Well, hey, I, I thought we're, I was going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So now you say, no, no, it's Marble Zones. Ah, why? <laughs> no, it is. It is Labyrinth Zones. So two points. That means you get the ten minimum that you needed that's awesome good job. good job we have two more questions though genius confirmed <laughs> and and we have three bonus points there stored we don't need them but you know just so you can feel better you about know, yourself keep them for a yeah. rainy day yeah so 
Last two questions. Question number nine is the last one you can pick between a, an easy or hard question. Because question 10 is always hard. So, for glory this time, just for, for fun. Mm, what shall I do? Easy or hard? Can, can, yeah, well, you're not going to tell me what the subject is going to be of this hard question, are you? Um, I could pick one before I tell you. Uh, there are so I already many. have my 10 points, so... Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's, let's uh, Streets, of Rich, Streets of Rich 2. Would you like that? A hard question. Sure. I, I've already said I'd like a hard question. Oh, yeah? I mean, okay. I, I'm going all... Uh, I'm yeah, going all, all in. Full force. Yes. So, hard question, Streets of Rich 2. In stage four of Streets of Rich 2, the baseball stadium... Which of the mm -hmm. following options is a sentence that you can see in the background? There are some sentences. One of, okay. these, one of these is a sentence that you can see, and two are not. So, option A, it's like boo. Boo, B-O-O. -O. Mm -hmm. Option B, Dodgers forever. Eva, E-V-A. Option C, play ball. So, so it's it's like only boo. one of these appears. On, uh, only one of in these. The it's like well, boo, Dodgers forever, I, or play ball. Well, David, I can tell you that it's option A. It's like boo. Why? I just recognize that sentence. It's it's. I know I've seen it in Streets of Rage too. What, what is like boo? So many questions. Well, it. <laughs> yeah, but, but <laughs> what? <laughs> what is well, boo? It's, it's, it's so so in the, in the text. It, it it's, is like it, boo. Okay. <laughs> Why question uh, the, 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 the sentence I, I see? So, option A it's like boo. Are you sure? I'm fairly certain. You're fairly certain. Fun fact. There's another sentence you can see, which is do exclamation mark baseball exclamation mark. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Do too. baseball. I don't know why the exclamation mark after do or why it's not play, but okay. Your answer rule is correct. <laughs> Of course. Yes. Two more points. I got a hard one correct. Yes. Well done. And that means we're at 12 points. My mum will be so proud. I, I know she will. Uh, <laughs> your, your highest achievement uh, in your life, obviously, is to get a hard question in this game. Uh, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> okay. In, in fact, I think, I think I'll... Mm -hmm need to take a recording of this podcast and, yeah. and take it to my boss so I can get a raise. <laughs> okay. Last question. Hard question as well. Okay, this is the last one. And we're going <laughs> we're going to go back to Streets of Rage 4 just because why not? Oh, uh, because that's because <laughs> the, the Streets of Rage I know the least about. <laughs> 
Um, no, because I, I I was playing through the, the, the game, the main campaign the other day, and I noticed a few things, and I thought they would make good questions. So in stage 10 of Streets of Rage 4, which is called To the Concert, you fight on rooftops, and at one point, you can see the clothes of a famous video game character hanging out to dry. Which character is it? And oh, is, is I can I can't I can't give you any clues here. <laughs> I know I've seen it, but <laughs> you've seen it, okay. But I don't remember. There's a very famous. You you can tell by the clothes who the character is. There are I don't think there are many. I know I don't know maybe there are but. I don't, know. I, I don't think there are many video game characters that are just recognizable by their clothes. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I think tons of video game Maybe characters are, are Maybe recognizable they are, yes. just by their clothes. Um, but um, uh, even though I don't actually remember who it was, uh, it was a female character, right? I, I'm going to say Tyrus Flair. Okay. Because that's what I would have done. <laughs> Would you be able to recognize Tyrus Flair by her clothes? Well, maybe. Even though they're very tiny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Could sure. Be. The uh, a shiny, uh, shiny metal bikini. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> so, okay, so that's recognizable enough. Tyrus Flair is your answer. Well, n nothing better comes to mind, so that's mm -hmm. what I'm going for. So a, a shiny metal bikini hanging out to dry. Could be, could be. Final answer? Tyrus Flair? Well, From you have Golden X? other suggestions. <laughs> I, I have a lot of suggestions. <laughs> I, I even yes, have the right answer. I, I have... I have a sneaky suspicion that your suggestions will be the wrong answers. <laughs> Who do you take me for? For, okay. a, for a slightly sadistic show host. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Quite right, quite right. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> so, final answer. Was, was it, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, this, uh, mm. this question you just asked, uh -huh. who do you take me for? Do I get any points for giving the right answer <laughs> no because i'm a sadistic show host ah, so, so, no bonus questions no for bonus points <laughs> okay yeah yeah tyrus flair is my final answer tyrus flair is your final answer ah uh, from senile team we had such a great time on the sega lounge today <laughs> but then it all ended uh, in disaster. <laughs> in the end, your answer is unfortunately incorrect. Oh, the no. correct answer may surprise you. It's Mario. Actually, you can see the overalls, the hat, the I think the gloves <laughs> as well. I don't know, but you can definitely tell it's Mario's clothes. Uh, in the to the concert stage uh, in, in Streets of Rage 4. So no points there, but yep. 
But yep, those those clothes are very recognizable too. Pro- very probably recognizable. more so than Tyrus Flair. <laughs> but you know what? A bit more. <laughs> I, I'd have rather seen Tyrus Flair's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. I think that's a, an awesome answer either way. It, so it may yeah. not be the right answer, but it is the better answer. The better answer, yes. It's the answer the people were craving for, I'm sure. Uh so that means 12 points in the end, which is surprisingly a very, very good result. People struggle to get 10, so that was amazing. Well done. And that means you also get our Sega Lounge seal of approval, uh, which I think it has changed since you were last on the show. So I will email it to you later, and you will be the proud owner. Then you can uh, show it to your boss, your mom, and your life will finally be complete. F- yeah. Finally, I will get my life on track. Exactly. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we're, we're almost done here, uh, Rule, but let, let's talk just a little bit more about Intrepid Easy. So for people uh, who are listening to this and were not aware that this was a game that is available, so they obviously can get it now from, from Steam for the Dreamcast, what would you say to to like convince them to to play this game to give it a try? Um, well, so far, um, everyone who's tried it was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, some people uh, originally thought, you know, this might not be the game for me. Even during the Kickstarter, I had some trouble getting people excited because there were sure what to expect but everyone who's tried it was very pleasantly surprised and um, so that's one thing if you have your doubts no need to have your doubts it's great <laughs> the other the yes. other thing to convince them is that um, before the uh, pandemic I, uh, I, I took um, uh, an early version of the game uh, to some uh, some conventions to demo it there and some of the people who tried it, who had actually paid good money to get into the convention, spent uh, upwards of 90 minutes just playing the game. They started and they were completely... It, it was like they completely forgot they were at a convention at all. And, <laughs> and, and like 90 minutes, maybe maybe 100 minutes later, they, they, they suddenly noticed, oh, wait a minute, there's other things to see here maybe i should stop playing for a while <laughs> but uh, yeah they were they were instantly hooked so that was uh, that was wonderful that's a good pitch yeah that's a good pitch uh, i i will say that um it's surprisingly more um complex than it shows at first so I think people will, if people get invested in it and play and keep playing, they will see that it's uh, quite more, not not as simple as it looks at first. So I think at first people can get the, 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 the wrong idea that it's just a simple, simple game, that it's just platforming game, but it, there's more to it that you can, you know, obviously unlock and find as you progress. So my advice would be to stick playing and uh, stick to playing the game for a little bit more and you'll find more things and I think in the end it'll be a, a, an overall very very pleasant experience it looks great it's, sounds good it's as like well it's like Transformers 
more than meets the eye. <laughs> there you go. There's your new pitch, your new tagline. Intrepid <laughs> it's, like it's like Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then asterisk, more than meets the eye. If people don't get a reference, you can explain it. Yeah, in a, like a footnote or something. Okay. <laughs> Rule. Um, a question for you regarding the, the, the this... Uh, I, I wouldn't call it homebrew, because this is actually a professional, a professionally developed and released game. But there are... Uh, in, in recent years, we've seen the growth of the of people making games for older consoles that don't see official releases anymore. What are your thoughts on that? And how do you see the future of this so-called homebrew or, you know, retro console scene? Um, well, first of all, I think it's wonderful. I think it's great that, um, that these old systems, which brought us all so much joy, are still getting, uh, getting well-deserved attention from developers. Um, so that's, uh, that's something I'm, uh, I'm definitely very happy with, uh, even though I don't actually, um, own many of these products. I mean, I do have a Neo Geo, but it's not really functioning very well. So it would be a, a stupid idea for me to buy new Neo Geo games now, <laughs> but I do think it's really cool that they're still being made. Um, And uh, as for the future, yeah, I think uh, I think this kind of thing helps um, helps preserve old systems, and uh, that's a good thing too. Because there was there were some worries that at some point um, some of uh, some of the old systems might not, you know, the 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 games libraries might just be lost because mm -hmm. at some point all these systems start to fail and some of them don't even have uh, emulators for them, so some of the lesser-known systems. Yeah. And I think the interest in, uh, in, in uh, retro systems improves the chances of, uh, of such things being preserved in one way or another. So uh, I think I see only positives. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Obviously, you've got your work cut out for you uh, with Intrepid Easy still for, you know, uh, future ports and stuff. But are, are there any plans for other games soon that you're thinking of working on and stuff? Um, well, several people have requested um, that I return to... Um, Age of the Beast, but mm -hmm. even more this time have requested uh, a sequel to Interpret Izzy. Okay. Um, and I think both options are interesting, but um, I won't make my decision until I've had some rest because it's been such hard work making this game. <laughs> and uh, I really need a, need a vacation to let my brain cool down before I can make any kind of rational decision. Yeah, yeah. Well-deserved vacation as well, might I add, yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you can, you can do that soon and, and get, get the idea, your ideas in order, get the creative juices flowing again. That also helps, right? And maybe, maybe it's not 
either of those options. Maybe it's something that you haven't thought of yet. Or we, or, or we don't know yet, maybe. You have thought of it. We just don't know it. Ooh. Could be. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, okay. even I don't know at this point, so I guess that means nobody knows. Nobody knows. Okay. We'll, we'll stay, stay tuned and, and try to learn what it is soon. Okay. One last question, Rule. I always ask this. I can't remember if I asked this to you last time or not, but it's sort of a, like a traditional question here. Uh, are you familiar with the concept of blast processing? <laughs> um, yes, yes. I, I am familiar with the term blast processing. <laughs> okay. So I usually ask this to all of my guests. If you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? Um, I guess uh, romantic relationships because I kind of struggle with those. That that's that's quite an emotional answer. <laughs> oh. How how would that work? Like so so uh, the, the blast processing was supposed to make things um, more powerful and faster. So w would that help in a romantic relationship? Well, if it means finding. Powerful relationships faster, then that would definitely help. But if, if it meant that the relationship was over faster, then that would be a problem. <laughs> I see. Okay, Let, let's all think about that. Let's all take a moment to think about that. Uh, but for now, <laughs> Rule, that was a great answer. Thank you very much for coming on the Sega Lounge again. Uh, and I hope we can have you back uh, in in maybe when you f have al already forgotten all about this traumatic experience, so that you will say yes again and oh, talk this, about this the new experience project. was not traumatic at all, David. Oh really? Oh, I, I mean, I got my ten points. Yeah, I should I, have made this harder <laughs> then. <laughs> I'm very happy today. <laughs> Rule, thank you very much. All the best for Intrepid Easy. Uh, on Steam, on Dreamcast, all the ports there are to come. And all the best for you and your team. Thank you so much, David. Thank you very and much for coming. All the, all the best to the Sega Lounge. Thank you. Thanks again to Rule for being such a great guest. We shall never forget he earned three bonus points in our challenge. What a legend. Check the show notes for the links to buy Intrepid Easy on Steam or the Dreamcast version from select online retailers. It's a very fun game, so do check it out. As always, my thanks to you for listening to The Lounge. I'll be back next week with a new episode and, as I said in the beginning, We'll soon be covering the more recent Sega games releases like Sonic Colors Ultimate and Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Follow us everywhere so you don't miss out. Also, remember that you can get 10% off any purchase you make at our online store, thesegalounge.com store, by using the promo code TSL7, that's T-S-L and the number 7, at checkout. It's valid until October 31st. 
With that, I bid you all farewell. Stay safe, people, and play Sega games if you can. I'll be back into your years, if you let me, that is, next week. Bye bye The Sega Lounge. Hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Follow us on Twitter at thesegalounge and like us at facebook.com slash thesegalounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mixed on Productions podcast.